Welcome to our podcast, Fitting in Fitness. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Nick. And this is a podcast about health, fitness, and everything in between. So today we are talking about calorie tracking and we're going to talk about how to do it, how not to do it, how not to stress about it, and how to just make it part of your daily life if that's what you want to do. And if you don't, we'll give you um, options on how to lose fat or gain weight um, without calorie tracking as well. When did you start tracking calories? Um, I have been tracking calories on and off for a very long time, probably like 10 years. Um, and I know we've talked about this on an earlier episode when I was on that 1200 calorie diet, I was definitely (laughs) tracking calories during that time. And what I would end up doing is, um, you know, I track, track up to the 1200 and then everything after 1200 just didn't exist on the calorie thing. So, so let's start there. Um, as far as any kind of calorie deficit goes, um, just want to mention that uh, I usually recommend either goal body weight or current body weight times 12 as a calorie target instead of the typical 1200. So let's use that as an example. Um, my goal weight is 165, almost there. Uh, <laughs> um, so my calorie target is about 2000. Um, cool. So anytime that I go over 2000, I continue to track that. And there's a couple reasons for that. Um, firstly, I want to know how much I go over. So if I, if I get to 2050 calories, I'm not worried about it. That's 50 calories over. And then I can be at that point and then I'll, I'll be like thinking like, oh, like, do I need to have a little extra peanut butter at night? No, probably not. <laughs> so then I won't have it because I know I'm 50 calories over. Um, but if I were not going to continue tracking after that 2050 calories, I would probably go into the kitchen and eat everything in sight. So it's kind of a way to like, keep you accountable and in check is to kind of continue to track even on the days that you go over because we all go over sometimes that's we're human nobody's 100% perfect with their calorie intake because that is just it's very difficult and it feels imprisoning to do that 100% totally I um, am actually going to play a little devil's advocate toward that because I typically don't do that. So when I know that I'm going to have a day where I'm just not going to be in a calorie deficit and I am just going to eat, but like whatever I want, I might be in a surplus. I might be in maintenance. I actually, I actually try not to track and, and only because like, it's just my personality. Um, I would rather not know. Okay. Like, so if it's like the 50 calories, like you said, like totally fine. Like if I'm going over by a little bit, it's fine, whatever. But if I know like, you know what, if my, if my deficit is 1500, which that's not what I'm eating right now, but if it's 1500 and I know I'm going to eat like closer to 2000, it's just not worth it for me to know or to care, right? Because then I'm like, well, how much is this cookie? Or how much is um, this cheeseburger at this party that I'm at? Or whatever. Um, 
So I actually find that it's easier for me to be less strict if I know I don't have to track it, if that makes sense. So it's, it's giving me permission because I have a history of over um, restricting. And like we've talked about this on our podcast. Um, and in the past, I've, I've been really restrictive and I've been really like, quote unquote, good um, and it tends to lead to like overeating in general. Um, and so I have to remind myself, like, if I do go over, it is okay to go over by 300 or 400. Does that make sense? I hope I'm, I'm making sense. Like, I, it's no, almost I'm... like I'm giving myself permission to go over and not stress about it. So I'm not stressed about the number at the end of the day and knowing that it's fine. It's good. Um, I'm, I'm not necessarily even treating myself like I'm eating like a normal person and then I could just go back to normal be- the next day. Does that make sense? I'm actually really glad you brought that up because it's, it's a great point. Um, there are some days where maybe for your mental health, you'll need to take a break from tracking. I, I do it all the time. Like maybe once or twice a month, I'm like, all right, you know, I'm not going to track today and whatever I eat, that's totally fine because one day of going over is not going to ruin your progress. Just like one right. day of being in a deficit isn't going to magically make all your fitness dreams come true. Um, right. Yeah, I, exactly. I totally get that. I, I am on board with that as well. Um, like a special event, like you're going out to a party. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to track for that because I know I'm going to go over and I don't want to have to think about like, Oh, well, should I really be having this? No, I want to enjoy life um, because the memories I make from that day is going to last a hell of a lot longer than the pound or two that I'm going to gain. Exactly. And, you know, we talked about this and how I brought my kids out to like a pumpkin patch over the weekend. And I was like, I'm just going to eat whatever I wanted. And I did. And actually the food kind of sucked so I didn't actually end up really overeating by that much because it wasn't good food but like it was just like the mindset of like you know what I'm going and I'm bringing my kids to this really fun place and it's the first time we've really done anything since quarantine and I'm like I don't care like the pictures and the memories and the laughs and the videos way are worth way more than the 300 or 400 extra calories that I'd eat. like I would rather get the pumpkin cookie and um, not regret not getting it, you know, like, so, so I think that that's important and to know the difference in what you, how you are. Um, and like you said, like, like you take a break every, every so often. And I think that that's really a healthy, sustainable way to track. And that's not going to say like, you know, taking a week off or two weeks off and not tracking and eating like an a-hole. <laughs> Can I swear on this podcast? Of course you can fucking swear Um, on this podcast. (laughs) So, you know, so it doesn't give you an excuse to take like two weeks and just completely eat like an asshole. Um, But one or two days of not tracking and not, you know, eating in a deficit is not going to like mess up your progress for sure. Even if you did go one or two weeks of, of going off track, like just get back on track. It's totally fine. Like you, right. you can't, like, I don't recommend, there are no circumstances recommend for anyone to go one to two weeks off track. But if that's something you need, say like you're have like someone just died or something and like you, your mental health needs that long break. It, that's totally okay. Right. And some people just can't 
handle being in a deficit for more than like six or eight weeks. And some people can, you know, like my husband's been in a deficit since like June or something. And I don't know how he does it. I mean, yeah, he takes the one or two days off, Mm -hmm. but I, I can't do that anymore. Like I've been in a deficit for like two months and I am so ready to not be in a deficit anymore. And I think it's just because I've already lost a lot of weight and maybe he's, he doesn't need to, he doesn't need to lose a lot of weight, but like, he's still kind of like in the beginning of his like journey, so to speak. So he's like totally cool with it. He's like, yeah, I can eat 2000 calories for the rest of my life. And I'm like, I don't know how you do it, but, and that's just some people, some people can do it, you know, just like, I hate calorie cycling. Yep. <laughs> you know, he didn't mind it. So let's, uh, but let's go. Um, Sorry. We were just on go the ahead. same page. I think there. <laughs> so I let's talk so, about yeah. some of the, like, <laughs> the questions that that we get asked like that our that our clients will ask about why like someone who's new to tracking and doesn't know how to do it like I get asked all the time like oh I ate uh, at a restaurant so I can't track that what would you say to that um google it and take your best guess and overestimate Mm -hmm. um I had a client ask me like, oh, like um, I had like two slices of pizza at my friend's house. Like, what do I do? And I was like, what kind of pizza was it? And he was like, oh, it's just a cheese, you know, a few slices of cheese pizza. And I was like, Google it. Um, Take the average of the numbers that you're finding on Google. Don't take the least amount because it's probably wrong. And don't take the most amount. Take the middle number um, and probably add about one to 200 calories onto it. And he was like, cool. Yeah, I I do something similar. Different advice. Um, so let's use the cheese pizza example. I had cheese pizza. I'm going to search cheese pizza in my fitness pal. I'll probably find like eight different chain restaurants that have cheese pizza as an option. And I'll pick either the highest or the second highest option. Wow. See? Simple. So, I mean, and, and really like we gave the same advice, but like we just go about it a different way, you know, and, and what the main point of that is is you don't know and it doesn't matter the difference between one or 200 calories on what you're tracking is not going to make a difference in the long run like so okay maybe you went over 100 calories but like it doesn't make a difference in the long term um and as long as you're not you know underestimating every single day then you're good you're fine move on you know you bring up another great point um i get asked a lot about accuracy of tracking like like a lot of people will stress out about like oh i don't know if i had four ounces or five ounces of chicken like mm-hmm. I, I get that it's it's a lot track tracking can be kind of stressful um but estimating is totally fine you're never ever gonna get your tracking 100 percent correct but like you said, if you're one or 200 calories over or under, like you're in the right range and in the grand scheme of things, it will all kind of balance out. Yeah, totally. Um, I get a lot um, of questions about uh, like measuring and stuff. And I know that we tell our clients different things. So what do you tell your clients about like measuring and weighing food? I don't have my clients measure or weigh food typically. Um, I I think I have one who does and that's totally cool. Like it's, I I guess I recommend different things for different people. Like if somebody's measured before and knows how to measure, um, great. If not, it's not a big deal. 
Um, but I kind of give them like eyeball judgments, like like that whole thing of like a, a portion of protein should fit in the palm of your hand, and that's that's probably about four ounces. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can kind of eyeball things. I personally love the the option of measuring in cups instead of ounces because a cup is a lot easier to eyeball than an ounce. Totally. Um, so I definitely recommend whenever possible to use measurements like that, cups, tablespoons, etc. cetera. Um, and also yeah. if you want to measure, that's totally cool. Measuring, measuring is great when you're new to tracking because you have an idea of what four ounces of chicken looks like. Exactly. And that's exactly where I was going to go. Like a lot of my clients are very new to tracking. And so they ask me a lot of questions about like, um, measuring like liquids or meat, like do you measure meat like raw or cooked, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, I actually do tell my clients to, to weigh and measure consistently, um, at least for the first like two weeks, because some of my, some people just have no idea what, um, what they're eating. And I, especially if they don't want to weigh anything, I would say weigh all of your fats, your oils and your proteins. Um, and so I always tell them like, you know, I mean, it's so easy for us who have been tracking and weighing food forever to say, okay, this is what a tablespoon, a serving of peanut butter is. But like to an average person, they might have no, they might have no idea how much how many calories are in a tablespoon of, of, or two tablespoons really of peanut butter or like how much oil they're putting in their pan when they're frying up their, their chicken for their salad. It's very easy to load up on calories in olive oil or any type of of cooking oil. You put um, a splash, what you think is a splash of olive oil in your pan and boom, 240 calories because it's two tablespoons, you know, (laughs) one, and, and it doesn't just go away as you cook it off. It's not like alcohol. Like, it's not like when you cook with wine, the alcohol just dissipates. Like, the oil stays there. Um, and all 120 calories per tablespoon of of calories are still in your food. It doesn't just go away. So it's easy to overlook those kind of things. Um I find a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, here's like a little splash. But it's really like even if it is a little bit, 50, 60, 70 calories every time you cook something, it adds up. So I really do try to, you know, encourage my clients to weigh out their fats and oils, especially just because they're so uh, calorie dense. Um And then with proteins, like you were saying, like making sure that they're just doing it consistently. So like if you're, if you have a piece of raw meat and you weigh it and it's four ounces, if you cook that thing, the the water gets sucked right out of it. And it's now all of a sudden it is like two and a half ounces. And if you're tracking two and a half ounces when it's really four, like, you know, you just have to be consistent with it. Like you just, if you were going to weigh it raw, weigh it raw for the rest of your life. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned about oil. I have this friend that um, I've watched him cook before, and I swear he, like, fills the entire frying pan with oil, and I'm like, okay, let's go. This is going to be great, but, like, so many calories just from just from oil. I and know. Oil doesn't fill you at all. Like, you could literally this is disgusting highly don't highly recommend not doing this but like you could drink oil out of the bottle and you would not feel full right like you could have two two thousand 
like, I mean, same with peanut butter. Like, you could have 2,000 calories worth of peanut butter and be, like, hungry half an hour later. Like, mm-hmm. like fat, if we're ta- going to talk about macronutrients, like, fat is the least filling of all the macronutrients. Um, and so, and there's a reason. But it also has that. the most calories. Exactly. Um, one, one gram of fat is nine calories, whereas one gram of carbs or protein is four calories. Exactly. In addition to calories, what do you have your clients track? Okay, so they track calories and they also track protein intake. Um, I typically recommend point uh, your goal body weight again times somewhere between 0.7 and 1, ideally 1. Um, there's a few reasons for that. Number one is that protein helps to keep any muscle that you have. So as you're losing fat, if you're not getting enough protein, you're also going to lose muscle unless you have enough protein, which will help keep that muscle. The other reason, there's actually a bunch of reasons, so let's go through them. Um, Protein satiates you the most. Uh, (laughs) It fills you the most. (laughs) Yes, it is the most filling. And the least important reason but still an important reason is um, protein has the highest thermic effect of food. And if you don't know what that means, it, it, you basically burn the most calories from eating protein. So it's the amount of energy it takes your body to process anything that you eat. And protein takes the most calories to burn. So you're actually burning more calories by eating more protein. Um, the actual value of that is probably very little in the grand scheme of things, but every little bit helps, right? Right. And there was actually a study done in rats um, about, so basically they fed the rats protein um, and it was, it was actually done on humans as well. Um, But they fed the rats protein and it actually suppressed their food intake for for several hours. Um, And to a greater extent of like when they gave them like, an energy load of like fat or carbs. So it's actually, you know, scientifically proven that it's filling the most filling of all of the macronutrients. So when your coach is telling you like, eat your protein, eat your protein, like we have a reason we promise, (laughs) you know, and that, and and it's so important when you're in a calorie deficit to like, try to like ward off those hunger pains, because that is one of the worst. Well, that is one of the main reasons people stop eating at a deficit because they're hungry all the time. But a good way to ward that off is protein. So I definitely, I have all my, my clients track protein as well. So, and, and that being said, I really don't have them look at carbs or fats at all because basically if you have your calories and your protein in check, the ratio of what you eat in fats and carbs are going to be so it's going to be impossible to eat overeat any of those if you're within your calorie range and you're hitting your protein goal. Like it's going to be impossible to overeat carbs or fats if you're doing those two things. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people, um, especially, especially people who love keto, um, love to count carbs and are like, how many carbs am I supposed to eat? And I'm like, um, as much as you want, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, as, so, as long as you're hitting that protein, you can have carbs as you want because you're you're not going to have that many. And eating nothing wrong with carbs, give me all the carbs. 
Um, they help fuel your workouts. Carbs are very important. So are fats too. Um, they're called macronutrients because they are essential proteins and fats is important and to leave one out you're right we want your body to be feeling you know as good as possible especially when you're in a deficit which is already like uh, the sucker of energy you know I mean mm-hmm. basically that that's what it is you're in a, a negative energy um, state and you, your body needs as much as possible to you know, function in the highest quality that it can while being in a deficit. Uh, what are some other struggles that your clients or anyone you know has had with tracking calories? Um, one thing, the first thing that comes to mind is um, being meticulous um, and saying, oh my gosh, I can't reach my calories or I keep going over. And then when I ask like, okay, so how many calories are you having? And they'll say, um, I'm just like five below or like 10 above or something like that. And in inside, I kind of want to chuckle. I don't because that's mean, but really like five, 10 calories, 20 calories, even a hundred calories, um, is so minuscule. And I think we already, we already talked about this, but like, really, like if I give a calorie goal, say, I give you 1,900. You're supposed to have 1,900 calories um, every single day. What I really want is for you to give yourself a range. Like, you don't have to meet 191900 every single day. That's just not impossible. And it's just, like, silly to think that you could plan out every single calorie to make exactly 1,900 every single day. So I think, like, you know, it's an average. And so if you go 50 below or 50 above, cool. Like, so be it. I think that giving yourself a good range of calories is really the most important because there's no way you can be perfect and you shouldn't be because you're overthinking it if that is what you're thinking, you know? Yeah, that's a great point. Um, what do you recommend for people who don't want to track calories? I recommend three meals, two snacks. So I actually did three meals, two snacks, but in a maintenance mode. Um, I did three meals and three snacks when I stopped um, tracking and I like, it was, it was cool. Um, And I think that the three meals, two snacks um, format is perfect for people that don't want to track or people that feel really kind of triggered by tracking. Um, If you had a bad relationship with tracking in the past, or if, you know, for whatever reason you, you and my fitness pal just can't form a relationship, then cool. Like you don't have to track. Um, so basically what um, I've learned from Jordan Syatt is a, you um, grab a plate and you fit every single thing that you want to eat during that meal on that plate. If it doesn't fit on the, on the plate, you don't eat it. Half of the plate is going to be your vegetables, your non-starchy veg. And then um, a quarter of the plate will be your protein. And then the last quarter is a mix of your carbs and fats. I mean, some some coaches are a little bit more strict on like, you know, one eighth of the, of the plate being fats, like being oils and stuff like that. But I'm really not worried about that. And, and if you are finding that you're not losing weight, then that last quarter of carbs and fats is what you change first. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And let's, let's clarify that that plate is a regular size dinner plate. It's not like a, 
uh, one of those things you see on TV where they lift the cover and like, <laughs> like it's a regular yeah. size plate. And the snacks, yeah. and correct me if I'm wrong because I haven't done the, the three plates, two snacks thing, but the snacks in the palm of your hand, but you can eat whatever you want. Yes, the palm of your hand. He does recommend it being a fruit, a veggie, or a protein. Um, and then if you are planning like a night out and you want to have a drink or a dessert, then you swap out. Um, so if you're planning on having like a drink, then that would be one of your snacks. Mm -hmm. So, um, instead of, so like, say you're going to go out for a drink and you're like, I really want dessert and a beer. Um, then you have, then you swap out your two snacks for those two things, if that makes sense. But that being said, most of the time, those two snacks should be something you fit in the palm of your hand, um, a protein, a veggie or, um, a fruit. Or M&M's every now and then. <laughs> yeah, totally. As long as it fits in your palm, the palm of your hand. And I find that when I did this, I had so much freedom and I felt I felt really good doing it. And don't get me wrong, like I, I enjoy tracking and I was excited to go back to tracking. But it was it did give me a lot of freedom and it really decreased a lot of my stress. So I really like this and I really like recommend this to people um, when they're trying to get away from tracking, whether it's maintenance or or a fat loss phase um, in general. I think that it's a really good format. It gives you a lot of power, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I think tracking is a great starting place, um, especially kind of gives you that. Uh, education of like okay i know how many calories is in what i'm eating like, and if i have a general idea i'm not going to track it i'm not going to worry about the numbers but you can look at you know a, a buyer and be like oh two tables are 90 calories a half a cup those is going to be 100 calories uh, what's going to fill me more if you want the peanut butter, right. I'd go for the peanut butter because uh, we'll talk about clearly have peanut butter on my brain. I have decided that I have to fit in like one spoonful of peanut butter every single day to be happy. Yeah. Like it's just like it's just like my happiness. Like one spoonful, like just on a spoon. Like it can't be in or on anything. It just has to be on the spoon. Uh -huh. Like that is like my happiness. Me too. This literally, yeah. we could have named this the peanut butter podcast and <laughs> we might have got more listeners. If it was called the peanut, peanut butter podcast. and shredded cheese. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter was eating a like shredded cheese out of the bag on the counter the other day when I was making my meal prep. And I almost took a video and sent it to you because I was like, she's your like spirit animal. That right could now. have been our, um, our like podcast image. Yeah, it could have. Yeah. All, All right. right. Anyway, we're getting way off track. So that, that probably <laughs> means like it's a good spot to wrap it up, but I think we covered a lot of good stuff today. Um, so if, yeah. if anybody has any questions, um, you can reach out to us. Uh, we'd be happy to discuss tracking or not tracking in a little more detail with you and how do we find you on instagram nick at nick anderson fitness and what how do we find you Alyssa? it is Alyssa underscore amc fitness on instagram there you have it now you can yes and we will talk to you next time if you enjoyed our podcast please leave us a five-star review and thanks so much all right. I'll, well, I'll see you next time then, Nick. See you next time.